Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. And Colossians 3, 1 to 2, I'm reading from the Message Bible. I like this translation. I just like the the terminology of it. It says, so if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up. And be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the real action is. See things from his perspective. That's good, isn't it? I picture this shuffle because sometimes I'm like that first thing in the morning. You know, I get up and I just do a little shuffle to the bathroom and I think, oh yeah, I really do feel 60 this morning. (laughs) Shuffling along and looking down. And sometimes I've had this picture of Jesus just coming and lifting up my, come on, look up, look up. You know how sometimes life can just have you, without even realising, looking down. And we're a bit, bit, you know, preoccupied with everything that's happening down here. And God, I believe, wants to lift our heads up and say, now look up, look up. I want you to see things from my perspective. God's perspective is is higher. He is higher. He wants us to go higher. He wants us to see from where he's seeing. And uh, if you didn't hear Pastor Jordan's message on getting perspective back, I highly recommend it to you. It was a terrific message. We've had some terrific messages, but the perspective uh, one was terrific. And I really want to recommend that to you Uh, on the app and soon to be the new app, I believe. Hallelujah. And so, of course, we have our day-to-day responsibilities uh, that we have to attend to. But God is saying, um, when you go about your business, go about it with a perspective that's looking upward, that is looking towards Christ, is looking towards eternity. So it, it brings everything in perspective that what is happening down here is part of a much bigger picture, a much bigger plan and purpose that Almighty God is unfolding for us. So um, let's look up in 24 and be alert to what Jesus is doing and not reduce our priorities, our concerns to the temporal things of this world, but the bigger eternal picture and the plan of Almighty God. I love the terminology, the translation, if you like, of the Beatitudes in the Message Bible. So I'm going to have a little look at that today because uh, the terminology you'll see is, um, is in line with the title of my message today. And so here we go. We're going to read uh, the Beatitudes um, uh, in Matthew 5, verses 1 to 10. I'll read it from the Message Bible. And it says this. 
When Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed a hillside. Those who were apprenticed to him, the committed, climbed with him. Arriving at a quiet place, he sat down and taught his climbing companions. And this is what he said. He said, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. Who knew? With less of you, there is more of God and His rule. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are, no more and no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. His food and drink is the best meal you'll ever eat. You're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you find yourselves cared for. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and your heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. We don't like this one. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Isn't it a great scripture? Isn't it a great thing? The Sermon on the Mount, uh, which was one of Jesus' famous, if I think it's one of his longest sermons. And there it is in the, um, the Message Bible. And there was a couple of standout points to me there um, in that translation. And I loved it. it. Jesus climbed a hillside or a mountain, if you like, He moved away from the crowd to a quiet place. Uh, It must have been a decent climb. I don't know if it was a sort of a bluff knoll type scenario or uh, anyone who climbs mountains here, which is not me. Uh, I don't think we're talking Everest. I don't think it was one of those long haul jobs, you know. Uh, But it must have been pretty decent. And you know what? You could probably Google it, but I didn't. So go and Google. Go and have a look. All the knowledge is out there. All the information is out there. But all I am thinking to myself is that if he's left a huge crowd and he's gone to a quiet place, the noise level was obviously different and so it was quieter. So they've, they've gone up a little bit there. And it says that those who were apprenticed, the committed, climbed with him. Those who had committed to being taught by him, uh, they were followers of him, they were learners of him. They had decided, and it wasn't, um, some theologians say, it wasn't just the disciples, it wasn't just the twelve, But there was a group that went up with Jesus up onto higher ground. And so you've got your 12 disciples. But there were others as well, the committed, um, those that wanted more, those that were hungry for more, and those that said, okay, we're going to leave the crowd and we're going to ascend up higher and we're going to hang with Jesus some more. 
And so uh, these are the people that have gone up there. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if they arrived huffing and puffing and blowing. I probably would have done if you'd done a bit of a hike up there. You know, got there a bit hot and clammy, um, especially on a day like today, hey. Uh, but they made a choice. We're going up with Jesus and uh, Jesus sat down, which was characteristic of the rabbis. The Jewish rabbis would sit and teach. And interestingly enough, um, the pupils, the learners, the, the receivers of the teaching would actually stand. So the rabbi would sit and the people would stand. And why was that? So they didn't fall asleep. So up you get everyone. No. <laughs> Don't you fall asleep this morning. If someone falls asleep next to you, give them a shove in the ribs and just say, we're going to soar in 24. So you better wake up. Even away, up. The purpose of being called climbing companions, I love that terminology, a climbing companion. When I read that, I thought, I want to be a climbing companion in 24. I want to be the one that says, yep, I'm going to leave the crowd and I'm going to go up and I'm going to hang out more with Jesus. The ones that are climbing companions, they're the ones that are being transformed by being with Jesus. They're the ones that get an opportunity to mature. They're the ones that get an opportunity to multiply, that they have poured into them from Jesus and they can pour out and multiply the word of the Lord in their own lives, that they can bring the kingdom of God to their worlds, to their communities, to their environments, wherever that might be. Let's. Who else wants to join me this year and be a climbing companion? For Je- that's right. Let's go up. Let's let's look up. Let's climb up, and um, we are going to soar in 24, putting in the extra effort to step away from the crowd to the quiet place, the higher ground. Um, there is a pastor called uh, Pastor Lana Vaza, and she said she believes that God is calling the body of Christ uh, to live uh, ascended, live on higher ground, live from a higher place, that we are to, to you know, come from a higher place, that we're not down here. And I love that word, ascended, to live ascended. We're going to put in the extra effort. So there on a hill on a mountain overlooking the Sea of Galilee in Israel, Jesus sat down and he taught his climbing companions, the committed followers um, in this Sermon of the Mount. And why is this such an important sermon? Because it's foundational. It's a a springboard um, for us to know what an authentic Christian life and discipleship is to look like and what the pursuit of happiness really is and what it really means. It's not external, it's internal. When we get our internals right, the externals come into play and come into fruition. And so uh, this great sermon, I thought, is, is, is good for us to revisit it, to look at it again and go, okay, um, I'm going to refresh myself with this and then I've got what I need to come back down off the mountain and just figuratively speaking, come, come back down. Um, I've been poured into, I've got what really matters on the inside. I've been with Jesus and now I'm going to go out there and I'm going to share it with the people that are yet to know Jesus. So 
The word beatitude comes from a Latin word uh, which translates to blessedness. And blessed, which you have heard many times from this stage, blessed means to be happy, uh, to be envied, spiritually prosperous with life, joy, satisfaction in God's favour and salvation. And the Amplified Version says, regardless of outward circumstance. All those things are ours in Christ, regardless of outward circumstances. How amazing is that? And so regardless of what's going on in the world, the world is doing some crazy things right now. There are so many uncertainties, so many insecurities. Jesus has already blessed us and given us keys to be able to look up, to be able to go to higher ground, um, to get what we need to download to others around us. And so I just want to spend a couple of moments just unpacking the Beatitudes um, Uh, All these eight blessings that uh, Jesus is saying, this is what makes a blessed person. And interestingly, it's very different to what you would expect. Um, He said, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. And you go, huh? That that can't be right. Uh, Who's ever been at the end of their rope? Yes, every hand goes up. That's right. We've all been at the end of our rope. I can't do this. I can't cope. It's all too much. And off we go. Um, And uh, the New King James says, You're blessed when you're poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Um, Blessed. You are blessed. We are blessed when we recognise our need for God. Um, that we recognise that without him, we are spiritually bankrupt. We are broken and we are empty and we can't save ourselves. Um, and we can't uh, save ourselves from sin. We can't save ourselves from our bad habits. We just need God. Um, and we're blessed when we realise, I need God. That is such a blessing. (laughs) It's a relief. It's a blessed relief, isn't it? When you realise that you need God. And Jesus is saying you're blessed when you recognise that you need God in your life and that you can't do life without him. And there is your first blessing right there to say, come and rely on him. Come, let him in. Don't carry this lot by yourself. Let God come and be God in your life. And let him carry you through. Let him guide you through. Let him teach you and show you the way to go. Um, You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. New King James Version says, Blessed are those who mourn. What is mourning? It's regret, it's sadness, it's loss, it's an aching heart. For they shall be comforted. What is comfort? The ease. um, Jesus will come and ease the grief. He will ease the distress. Blessed are you when you are honest, when you are open, when you are real, when you are vulnerable, and when you feel fragile before God, you are blessed. 
Don't try and be brave in your own strength. Don't try and keep all your ducks in a row when really you can't. You know, allow yourself to be vulnerable. Allow God to come and put His arms around you and hold you. Allow the tears to come and be honest about what is hurting you, what is distressing you, what is your grievance. I know I've spent many years um, in, in my life trying to be brave in my own strength because I felt it was an expectation of me um, to put you know and I suppose it's being British too we're very stiff upper lip aren't we we're very we try to do the royal thing you know um, yeah <laughs> well at least I did you know growing up <laughs> All the other poms are going, what's she talking about? Well, you know, um, I thought it was a noble thing to be brave in my own strength. To just say, yeah, you know what, I'm coping, I've got this, I've got it all together. And, you know, when your health fails, or like with the whole hearing thing, you know, it's, it's put me in a place of feeling a little bit more vulnerable, a little bit more not able, a little bit more dependent uh, on God, on people, a little bit like... I, I can't. I haven't got this all together, and that's a that's been a good thing for me. It's been a humbling thing. It's been a you you know what you do need people and you do need God and you do need help and that's okay. It's okay to be um, vulnerable. It's okay to feel a bit fragile. You don't have to have it all together for everybody else. And I've learned that very quickly. That you know what I can't save the world, but Jesus can. Hallelujah for that. Um, You're blessed when you're content with who you are. No more and no less. Uh, The New King James Version says, You're blessed, uh, sorry, blessed are the meek, uh, for they shall inherit the earth. We're not talking about weakness, we're talking about meekness. You're blessed when you're not trying to be someone that you're not. You are blessed when you're bringing your. your strength into a gentle submission under Jesus' lordship. Um, You have a self-control. In other words, you're bringing it under Jesus. You're saying, you know, look, um, I could do this, this and this in my own strength, but I'm not going to. I'm going to bring it under the lordship of Jesus. And I'm going to be um, meek and gentle here, not wussy or... um, or weak and wobbly and not a doormat, but bringing your strength under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, letting him anchor you and take you into all that he has for you. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. New King James, blessed are those who hunger for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Um, not hunger for religion, uh, but hunger for God and His kingdom. Um, you're blessed when your appetite is increased. You are increasingly falling in love with what God loves, what matters to God. You're not merging with the world to be a people pleaser um, and uh, calling what is wrong right. 
um, that you are not twisting uh, the truth to appease people. You are not changing or watering down uh, the Holy Scriptures, the Bible Scriptures and twisting the truth round. We are not calling evil good and we are not corrupting the Word of God. We are going for righteousness and God's definition of what is right and wrong, not our own opinions, not the world's opinions. And these are days where we've got to stand strong and be courageous and say, no, that is not right. That is not right according to the Word of God. And we will not lean towards that. We will stand on the Word of God. And if that means that I'm not liked and I'm not popular and people don't like me anymore, that's all right. That's all right. Jesus loves me. And I'm going to continue on. Thank you very much. Let's let's increase our hunger for righteousness, God's righteousness. You're blessed when you care. New King James says, you're blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. What does that mean? When we are generous with expressing God's grace, His forgiveness. When we're generous with our time, our resource, our practical help towards people, our encouragement towards people, uh, the comfort that we show and sharing the truth in love. When we are merciful, it doesn't mean that we just are like doormats that just let anything go. No, we're merciful. We are expressing God's heart. What is His heart like? What does He How would he respond to this? What would he want to say to them? His heart is full of mercy. His mercies are new every morning. Thank God they're new every morning. I need his mercy. Every morning I wake up, Father, I thank you that you are towards me. You are not against me. You are forgiving. You are gracious. You are kind. And you are there for me. And he wants us to be merciful. Uh, Not giving people a hard time and being all religious and stuck up and etc. <laughs> Whatever was going to come out then was I just had to restrain myself there. <laughs> You're blessed when you get your inside world, your heart and mind put right. God does that for us. The New King James says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You're blessed when you're not relying on outward rituals, religious rituals, externals, materialism, circumstances. Um, You're not relying on performance. But you're paying attention to the condition of your heart, first in relationship to God and then in relationship to people. God will and does heal broken hearts. God does heal um, mental sickness. He does give us the mind of Christ. He has not given us a spirit of fear, but love, power and a sound mind, uh, a, a secure mind, a disciplined mind, a mind that is capable of focusing on Jesus and faith-driven, not fear-driven. 
God will heal our broken hearts. And, and why are we going through these Beatitudes again? To remind ourselves at the beginning of the year, get what you need from God. Go and be with God. Go and take some higher ground. Go and hang out with Jesus. Get what you need on the inside so that you are equipped and able for all that um, is in your life and all the assignments that God will bring along for you. You're blessed when you show people how to cooperate instead of compete and fight. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. We're blessed when we're able to facilitate relational peace and the process to get there. Sometimes the process to real uh, lasting peace uh, is messy. It's confrontational. Anybody here actually like confrontation? The dinosaur in Toy Story, I don't like confrontation. And he's this big green dinosaur, you know, that if there was anyone that could confront, it'd be a big green dinosaur, but he can't do it, he can't do it. I don't like confrontation. I don't like confrontation, but and, and I've learned... Um, over the over the years and with Jesus that sometimes to bring real peace it takes uh, a process it takes time uh, it takes grace it takes forgiveness all the ingredients that say hey we don't want a pseudo peace here um, we want to be a real peacemaker here um, and in in the in the process, it's not compromising the truth and it's not tolerating sin and evilness either. And so we want to make sure that we, um, we seek to be peacemakers. You're nearly done. There are eight, eight blessings. You are blessed, Jesus said. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. Oh, oh I don't know about that one. I don't know if I like that one. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You're blessed when you endure ill treatment, hostility, unfairness, cruelty even, because you follow Jesus. You know, we haven't really uh, experienced major persecution, the church here in, in, uh, in Australia, but uh, the days are getting hairy McClary on the earth, and I think... Um, that there are tough days ahead. There are days ahead for us, the church, uh, where we do need to be brave. We do need to be strong. We do need to speak up, stand up, look up, climb up and be empowered by Jesus for the journey. Acts 4.13 says... Now when they, which is referring to the crowd, saw the boldness, some translations say the courage of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained, some translations say they were ordinary men, they marvelled, the crowd marvelled and they realised they had been with Jesus. That was the difference. That's where the courage was coming from. That's where the boldness was coming from from. That's where the confidence was coming from. They had been with Jesus. Oh, that we would be with Jesus. Um, 
And as I wrap up, you know, Jesus is calling us to look up, to climb up and to soar in 24. Isaiah 40, 31, many of us know it very well and it's a beautiful poetic Scripture, but it says, those who wait on the Lord. Some translations say those who hope in the Lord. Some say those who trust in the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary and they shall walk and not faint. We shall do those things, but we've got to go up there with Jesus. We've got to look up. We've got to climb up. We've got to spend that time so that He can put into us what we need for these last days. You know, this word soar means to maintain height without flapping wings, relying on the wind to carry them. What a lovely picture. You know, Jesus doesn't want us flapping around like turkeys groveling around on the ground. He wants us up there with the wind of the Holy Spirit under us, lifting us, saying, you know what? We've got this because Jesus has got us. We are up there. We are on higher ground. We are taking uh, territory. We are going up there. We, We are not coming down. So church, let's stand up. I think we'll, we'll wrap up there. And I just want to challenge us all again and encourage us all again. Um, let's look up. Let's be alert to what Jesus is doing. What is Jesus doing? When you hear the world news and you hear what's going on all around the world and the wars and the famines and the fires and the floods and the, all the stuff, the economy and all that, and we all, ooh, you know, it's just like, um, rather than dig our head into the sand, we need to say, what is Jesus doing? What's He up to, right? What does His Word say? And, and where's this all leading to? Because we do know where it's all leading to. One of my mum's favourite things, she used to say, oh, I don't know what's going on in the world. Where's it all leading to? And every time I say, mum, it's leading to salvation in Jesus Christ and the second coming of Jesus Christ. She said, oh, I know, I know. And forgive me, mum, but she is with the Lord now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But she say, what is this all coming to? Let's commit in 24 to being climbing companions. We're going to step out from the crowd. The crowd might be doing this. I'm going to step out from the crowd. I'm going to, you know, I'm blessed enough that we've got stairs in our house. I go upstairs to read my Bible. And I, I quite like that concept that I'm going up. I'm going to my upper room. Excuse me, Jared. I'm going to the upper room. I'm going to come down, fill with the Holy Ghost. So watch out. And we need to renew our strength daily. We need to live ascended so we can soar in 24. I, I, I don't want that to just be a little cheesy quote, but it just jumped into my head when I was uh, writing my notes. And I thought, oh, actually, I quite like that. That could be Jesus. Let's soar in 24. I'm going to go with that. Thanks very much, Lord. And here we are. So I wonder, let's, clo- let's just close our eyes just for a moment just for a short moment and say, you know what? I feel stirred. 
I feel a, a, an awakening of the Holy Spirit here to, to commit to being a climbing companion of Jesus in 24. I want to soar in 24. I want, to, I want this year to look different. I want to be bold, courageous, stand up and stand for righteousness and to be secure in who I am, no more, no less, but who I am in Christ. If you're saying, yep, I'm in for 24, I wanna soar for 24, just give me a wave. Thank you, Father. Lord, we're all in this together, Lord. There's some tough stuff going on out there, but you're with us. You are with us and you've given us everything we need pertaining to life. You've given us the keys with the Beatitudes that uh, it's not about us trying to get it all together. It's about us leaning into You, trusting You, relying on You, recognising that You're there for us, to comfort us, to guide us, to empower us. Holy Spirit, I pray that we would soar in 24 on the wind of Your Holy Spirit that, Father, we would know that we're not doing this by ourselves. We are partnering with You. You have come into our lives to anoint us, appoint us to the assignments that You have for us. And so, Father, we commit ourselves again to You, Lord, that, Father, we would be those climbing companions that would hang out with You and that people would notice our courage. They will notice our wisdom and they will notice that we are confident in the future and it's not because of us it's because of you and father we need that confidence for the people at work the people at school and unis wherever we are hanging out with people lord help us lord help us to shine you help us to carry that anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage and brings people to salvation in jesus name and everybody said Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.